You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio. We're having straightforward, honest conversations and once again coming to you live from the Sexy Marriage Radio getaway. Say hello, everybody. We're in the midst of four days of fabulous time together with our spouse and fabulous times together with us. Meet new people from across the country. It's Absolutely. been pretty great. People coming in from all over for this thing, which is fantastic. So if you missed it, um, where were you? Where was you at? Sorry, that's a Brian Regan joke Brian for a Regan. second. But we do love it when people come and spend time with us here. We also love it when we hear from the Sexy Marriage Nation. And the way you can do that is uh, 214-702-9565 or feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Because we love getting emails from the Sexy Marriage Nation because the Sexy Marriage Nation is the sexiest nation in the world. Amen? Amen. Okay. People are, some people are trying to convince themselves to believe that. <laughs> That's okay. You'll, you'll get there. Uh, the other thing you can do if you like the show is please jump on iTunes and rate and review because that helps us climb the charts in the sexuality category and let more people hear what's going on with married sex because it is the best place for sex. So, all right, so Pam, once again, this is the Monday show. My wife Pam is joining me. Hey, everyone. And so where we are heading today is I got a couple of just, how would you call it, uh, broad questions, Okay. if you will. Because, well, here, let me, let me do it this way to set the stage. Okay. All right, all right. Okay, so once there was a time when you see that person from across the room and you just can't wait to know more about who they are. Really? Yeah, roll with me. Okay, I'm going, I'm going. Okay. And you just are so infatuated and longing for that time that you can get to know more of them. And then they say yes to the asking them out on a date to Arby's and Halloween 4. That was our first date. That was our first date. And then they say, you know, let's hang out a little bit longer and let's, let's see this thing through. And then all of a sudden, one of you pops the question. You say yes. And you head towards the wedding vows or the wedding aisle. And as you come down the wedding aisle, you typically would say some sort of vows. Agreed. Okay. Yes. Do we need to get out of fairytale land for a second? We, where are you guiding me? Okay. Where well, are you guiding me? The, the whole point is, as we're going through this whole journey down memory lane, we have to recognize that at some point in our relationship, we all probably had some sort of vows we gave to each other. Right. 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 That's kind of right. a standard among all married couples is we have some sort of a vows of commitment that we're making to each other. Part of the ritual. Okay. So if you just off the top of your head, and I'm curious from the Sexy Marriage Nation and the audience that's here, what are some of the vows that we would normally have? Go. Honor and cherish. Honor and cherish. Better for worse. Death to us part. Having, having to, to hold. hold. Okay. Sickness and in health. Okay. Forsake all others. Right. So these are all things that we say at, that help kind of set the foundation and the characteristics of our relationship. 
Every single one of us that's here at the Sexy Marriage Radio Getaway, and likely most of the people in the Sexy Marriage Nation that listen regularly, have done this path. Right. Some of them made their own vows up and really thought through that process. Others did the generic ones that everybody could recite from memory just now. Yeah. Yeah. So it's because it's one of those things that these are important commitments that we make. And what I've been a proponent of and have said and used because it's really good information is one of the ones that jumps out in particular to me is the for better, for worse, because it's kind of an unspoken. There will be as little worse as possible because I'm working on that. Right, I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix all my bad stuff. I'll take care of all of that. You won't have to deal with it because it's for better, or for worse. But there'll be as little worse as possible. And then when we get later into marriage, and my worst is actually wreaking havoc on your life, I can now flip that and say, No, no, no. You said for better, or for worst. This right. is my worst. You're going to have to just accept it. You signed up for it. Right. Let's you go. said. You said the. You said the vow, and then you said I do. Right. Sure, I do. So. These are things that help set the playing field of married life. My question is, has a couple ever sat down and asked themselves, have we ever done the same kind of parameters and conditions and expectations and vows, if you will, for our sexuality and our sex life? I, I, I haven't heard of anyone that did that. Yeah. We certainly didn't do that. No, it wasn't written in ours. I mean, we have the vows, and if I remember right, there were a little, we kind of altered ours a little bit. We built off of the normal and kind of personalized it a little we bit. We did, but in all honesty, we, we'd have to both go back to the video to <laughs> see, what, see what they were. And I don't know how, we don't have a VHS player in our no, house anymore. No. <laughs> but, but it's that idea of, okay, how often do we make vows for our sex life and our sexuality with each other, and what keeps us from doing that? Maybe just not thinking to do it. Maybe so. We say, yeah, I mean, the vows, anytime I hear the word vow, I just think of wedding day and that's pretty much it and I'm done. Okay. So then I just have to live accordingly. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. So the, the, the statement's been made, now it's just living it. That's the only bar I'm holding you to, Corey. Oh, well. <laughs> and sweet. I don't, I've already said I don't remember the vows, so you're off the hook apparently. All right. Wow. Okay. My day just changed. Um. But it, it is, I think it's worth noting, and the reason I kind of want to have this, this conversation, it's a little theoretical, if you will, but it, I think we could probably steer it to practical with the help of the audience here at the getaway, is when we're talking about something that we put a tremendous amount of energy on in our life. Yeah. Because married, I mean, sex in marriage is what differentiates this relationship from all others that we have. That's part of the, somebody mentioned forsaking all others. That's part of what that is, is I'm forsaking all others and I'm devoting myself to you. But what does devoting myself to you really mean, sexually speaking? I can add another question to it is, what is my obligation to my spouse's sexuality? Hmm. How do I honor that aspect of them? Well, and, and you're honoring and, and your role that you see in honoring your spouse's sexuality may mean something totally different than what they think that means. It probably will. It probably will. But I want to come back to that in a minute. So let's go back to the vows for our sex life. Off the top of your head, what do you think that would look like? What would be some of the things that could be important as vows? Number one to me would be 
I'm I'm going to focus my sexuality just on you. Right. And I I like right. that it's, one it's where it's between you and I. Right. 100% of my sexual energy stays and is directed towards my spouse. I like that. Because I think that's the best way to do it because it's not about squashing desire in the name of sanctification. It's about directing desire towards something that's a little more God ordained and sacred and blessed. Agreed. Agreed. And helps build up the relationship between the two of you. Yes. Uh, Another vow I would think of, just speaking personally, would be a vow to continually uh, stretch myself and learn more about my own sexuality so that I can be more for you in that regard. Okay. To have a a fuller relationship together and not be stuck where I am. So you're saying I will challenge my level of growth, sexually speaking, Mm -hmm. to be evolving and growing, to be willing to maybe experience more, lead different ways, or just kind of enhance what I can give of me and myself to my marriage. Yeah, I think that's where I, that's where I know I am today, thinking, you know, 25 years in, I'm thinking just life in general together, I want some sort of adventure together, and I don't want that just to be in life, I want that to be sexually as well. Okay. I, speaking as your husband, I like where you're going with this. All right, good. Okay. <laughs> but I, I think that that's, that's probably one of the main foundational things, is how often in life, when it comes to our, our own marriage... Do we really confront our sexuality and our sex life and who we are as people rather than see it as, okay, my partner just wants too much of me or I can't ever get enough of my partner or the dynamic in the game that goes on? Because I think it's both. I think it's, I mean, most, and this is something I've said before on Sexy Marriage Radio, most things in life are both ands. They're not either ors. Right? It's not, Mm -hmm. I either have to keep my spouse at bay, or it's, I have to deal with myself and my spouse. Yeah, they're not mutually exclusive when you're talking about the relationship dynamic. Right. So if we're dealing with uh, sexual vows, I guess we also have to make a little bit of a caveat and define what is sex. Well, okay. (laughs) Which I'll, I'll lead this one. You, okay. you go with that and I'll chime in. <laughs> okay. That the idea of what is sex, and this is one of those things that I think if you ask most people, they would say sex equals intercourse. Right or wrong, audience? Kind of a lot of not most people, audience nodding their heads saying yes. That most people, that's kind of what they equate sex means. It's intercourse. So that means it's usually male-focused, and it's about his completion. That's how you know when it's done. Right. But what if, as Laura Mintz, Dr. Laura Mintz, with the Becoming Cliterate episode we did a couple weeks back, she's under the uh, desire to change the mantra to where sex is more than just that. Well, but if we change that mantra, then way too many of us wouldn't be able to say we didn't have premarital sex. Now you're meddling. You know, I like to keep it in that realm where I can say, yeah, no, we didn't have a sex beforehand. That's true, because there's a lot of times where we're technical (laughs) virgins, because that just means penis did not actually enter vagina. 
right? Right. That's what that's what that's what right. that philosophy is. But yes, I believe. But we were very sexual. Yes, I think I would sure. say that the intercourse is not just the only thing that you would attribute to sex. Yes. Certainly not. Okay. So if we're talking about sex is more than just that, I think that opens up a whole nother realm of possibilities. Because now we can get into this idea that sex is more than just one act focused. It's the whole buildup. It's the whole interchange. And so if we take that as the litmus test or the dynamic, how do we start to see the interplay of how we do life together as husband and wife with the sexuality interwoven throughout it, and we use that as our sex vows too. So it's more of a sexuality vow than just a sex vow. Sure. I like the broader concept. Okay. Because it doesn't just sound like calling it a sex vow to me is, here's what we're saying as far as, Here's how often we're going to have like it's a frequency only kind of a thing rather than here is kind of a dynamic within our relationship that maybe we both want to create together where it's a feeling between the two of us on the latest side wanting the feeling. Um, no, no, no. I'm going to add them in on that category. Uh, too. Okay. Okay. Because what you're describing, right. Because what you're describing is I think uh, every single human being on the face of the planet, and for sure every single human being that's part of Sexy Marriage Nation, we want to be wanted. We want to feel desired. We want to be noticed. I want to be, I want to have that vibe from my spouse that she's into me. Both on a uh, on a human relationship level, but also on a sexual level. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm landing with this right now, okay. is that I like knowing you're into me sexually. I like knowing that you're into that part of your life, too. Yeah, right? well, and certainly from female perspective, it goes both ways. Right. And so I think there's a component that we need to maybe this discussion can help get some other people that are listening to have the discussion as well. And maybe the people in the audience will have this over dinner and you can report back tomorrow when we start the session up again, how it went, but there can be a component of how do I start framing this so that I realize this is an aspect in a dynamic interwoven throughout my life with my mate. It's not just an act I do with my mate. Well, having that conversation and talking about creating sexuality vows, again, that goes back to, um, it's kind of like planning, right? If we don't budget, then we don't know where our money's going and we got no purpose, right? I get get back on that train of thought. Um, Having that discussion about what are these vows, what are these things we're committing to each other in this aspect of life? Get you both on track together. Get you both on a on a the same wavelength of what you're each of you are looking for. Mm-hmm. I like that because what this is is I, I just think if nothing else, I want to impress upon the listeners the importance of realizing this stuff doesn't happen by accident in life. We can't just leave it to chance. Yeah, you know, sex does not happen and occur by accident. There's got to be planning. You know, I don't just trip and fall and wind up in a vagina. 
I just don't. It just doesn't happen because first off, if that happened, I'd have to ask, why are you laying like that? <laughs> but, but it's that idea of seeing this as how do I make sure this is an aspect of my life and it's an aspect of my marriage and I'm devoting some intentionality and some verbiage and some meanings that help create a framework for us. So what are some of the vows that you would put in there? I would put, well, it's kind of like what we've been talking about. It's that idea of I will devote and steer this to you. I will also, as the higher desire partner, keep it on the radar. Because I think that fits the mantra of what you and I have kind of evolved to is I'm the higher desire. And that's kind of a well-known thing with the sexy marriage nation. But it's also one of those things that I see that is, okay, I need to be a better, higher desire. Not complain that you're the lower desire. Because I know it's not about desire to me as much as it is responsiveness that matters. Do you respond to what I do and how I do things and initiate and instigate? That actually, to me, we did a show on that. Of could response actually be desire? Got all kinds of feedback mm-hmm. at sexymarriageradio.com right. right. emails from that one. Yeah, we did. But it's one of those just seeing it as, how do I play my role better? That's part of my sexuality. How do I use this better and not be ashamed of it? That's part of my sexuality. How do I have a category of life that I realize this is a part of me and not be ashamed of that? So both spouses, that's not just the high desire, I guess. Both spouses need to play their role better. I mean, this is for everybody. Yes, to it is. Do, that was, this would be for anyone to do their own vows, right? Yes, it is. Speaking for myself, I would need to play my role better. Okay. I'm the low desire, but there's still a role I got to play in there. Absolutely. Right? Because again, this is that concept of when we have the dynamic between spouses as it plays when it comes to sex, I have to realize that it takes two to tango. That makes it much more enjoyable, but I can't just force my way, nor can you. There's a, there's a, there's a dynamic at play. There's a language unfolding. And so one of the things I've loved the most is how we haven't, I haven't always done this right in the sense of I come across something I think would really help enhance our sex life and our vows as we're talking about here. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start sexting my wife more. And then I realize I'm sending these, infer- these questions or these statements or these things to a wife who, when she's in a zone, does not like to be distracted And at least you have the credit enough to say, this is just making me mad. (laughs) It's not working. And hopefully I'm a smart enough guy to go, don't do that. (laughs) Right? Okay, I'm just laughing because I'm thinking, okay, if you're sending this to me while I got 20 tax returns on my desk, that's an interruption. How is that not arousing? (laughs) I don't understand. No, but it's that idea. But it's that idea of just seeing it as okay. That's us developing our language. But on vacation, that's another thing. Well, and and sitting at the house in the same room—that's another thing. It is another thing with the kids sitting there playing games, and we're kind of doing stuff sneaky behind the scenes. That's the kind of stuff that—that's a language that I think is kind of exactly what we're talking about with sex vows. Right. That I'm coming up with some creative ways to deal with this. I'm coming up with some good ways that I'm being a student of my mate. But I'm also recognizing along the, t- along the same time, I have to be a student of myself in the situation. All right. 
So I'm going to vow to not get stuck in a rut. Okay. <laughs> Witness. Okay. Um. <laughs> I was speaking for him, by the way. Oh, okay. Interesting. Okay. Joking. But, joking. Okay. So let me, let's, let's, let's kind of shift gears just slightly before we kind of land this plane. What if, and what is it that keeps couples from doing this under the umbrella of erotic vows? What would be the difference between erotic and, okay, explain to me why you think erotic is What makes be erotic different, different than sex? Than sec- okay. sexuality vows. Okay, well, if we go vows. with the sexuality vow, I think that, that encompasses eroticism. Okay. A little bit, but I would still put it as almost a subset of it. Okay. But I do believe there is a part of us that have been good Christian people that we don't touch the eros very much. We don't touch the erotic. I will very not much. disagree with that. You don't get into the fantasy very much. You don't get into the role play very much. You don't get into some of the taboo, quote unquote, things. And this is where you start moving into the arena that's not just sex. It's the essence of another aspect of ourselves and our lives. That it's the, it's the titillating things. It's the unknown. It's the novel. It's the expressive of, ooh, that kind of created a heightened sense that it's kind of sexual, but it also is just kind of, it's got a lot of energy. I mean, I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about with this in the audience. I'm seeing some heads. Okay, thank you for my other validated moment. You're helping me feel better because I'm feeling exposed right here. But it's, it's that idea of, this is the idea of there's a part of us that we won't necessarily touch because early exposure maybe changed it and it made it feel bad or a lot of the world has made it and deemed it bad. But what if there's actually a lot of spirituality built into this? What if there's a lot of essence built into this? We just went through an ex- experience here with the getaway um, where I encouraged and challenged the people that were here to do some eye gazing, where we just connect each other by the eyes. There's something magical and deeper than just seeing each other's eyes, right? Absolutely. There's, there's, yeah. a, there's a seeing of each other's essence. Mm-hmm. That's where I would kind of house eros. Usually it's got a more sexualized feel to it. Okay. That's what makes it erotic, quote unquote. Okay. But... If you think about it, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a whole genre out there of erotic stuff, but most of the stuff, when I think of the word erotic, I think of stories, erotic fiction, right? It's just, that's because it's something that kind of gets the juices flowing because it gets your mind engaged. So sex vows would be, what am I doing with my life and my sex life with you? Erotic vows would be, what am I doing with my mind with you? Okay, that is a whole different level. Okay. I, I, I see where you're going there. Okay, and so I think it's important to at least add that fuel to the discussion, not that we can necessarily land that plane really well in the short amount of time we have left for the day's show, but it's seeing this as how do I start thinking of what do I do with erotic things in my life? What is erotic to me? See, and I see, I visualize erotic as a more visual thing, not a story. Okay. I see wait, it. wait, wait. A female that's visual. 
Yes. Interesting, because I would be yes. auditory in that regard. It's it's the sound of it. It's the it's the it's the hearing of it. Okay, yeah, keep going. I <laughs> well, then I'm just going to have to disclose way too much than I more than I want to <laughs> okay. disclose potentially. Okay. Well, you take care of you. Right. Uh, the the erotic to me more, and and I guess what I assumed would come from your response would be more of the visualization. I. I get that as seeing me in in a specific type of outfit or a dance or, you know, some sort of thing that is out of the norm, taking it to the next level that is, um, I don't don't really know how to put it. I understand exactly what you're saying because what you're talking about is you made a comment earlier of, Maybe I need to have a vow of trying to make sure I don't get into a rut. Because we all have ruts in life. We all live according to normal, comfortable patterns. I would, I would give you just exactly what you're saying. Eroticism is me breaking a rut and breaking out and doing something different, especially sexually. I carry myself in a different manner. I come out in a different outfit. I do something. That can be very erotic, absolutely. But I think it's also more than that. And so to me, it just comes down to how do we start to see the power this could have in my marriage to take it to an incredibly different level? Because I haven't devoted any energy and intentionality to put language and meaning to this aspect. I just hope I could capture it when I see it. I mean, don't you think we do that as people? That it's kind of like, I've seen it and I've tasted it, and now it's how do I find the magic formula to recreate it or, or not miss it if it reveals itself again, rather than how do I kind of lean into that and try to grow into it even and, and create it? Well, it's interesting to think of the thought of making vows around that. Okay. And because... Your comment just there, how do I recreate that? I can't even put it into words. How do I make a vow when I'm not really even sure what I'm putting into words? Okay. Um, so I think that that's just the bigger growth step to get to a point where you can put that into words. Absolutely it would be. And so maybe we need to end it with this. Part of being uh, growing and into the erotic part of my life is in having a vow is I will have, I will make a vow, erotically speaking, to expand who I am and not have to take things so seriously all the time. Something like that. that because if you think about it, this is serious business that we got to, and I got to conduct myself in that way rather than what if I just make a vow to, I'm going to try to be more playful. That can be erotic. I'm going to be more seductive. That can be erotic. Right, and yeah, so it, yeah, it could yeah. be much more simple for people. We don't have to come up with just exactly because our erotic might be different than their erotic. Well, and certainly, just even your comment there of being more playful that leads to a more sexual um, encounter, right? Yes, because it does. because because you may have some tense moment that just came up, and if you're in a more playful state rather than uh, that, changes your reaction. <laughs> Absolutely. And then your reaction feeds the other person, and that poor playful state tends to lead to something more later. Yes. Rather than to rather than a, a poor tension, it's a beautiful sexual tension potentially. Okay, and that's that's it because I think that when we're talking about what goes on in life and when what goes on in marriage is we can a lot of times blend these two better. 
or all the aspects of us. Oh, they have to be blended, right. I think. And so the, the goal then is, how do I be more intentional to try to do that in my life? And that helps expand mar- marriage vows to other aspects of my life, too. I like I that. I like that. Okay. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Um, if we left something undone, let us know. 214-702-9565. Or, as always, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. We'll see you next time.